Hi, I'm Wendy Sheridan. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. And you're listening to the Leftscape podcast. Yay. All right. So uh, one of the news things this week, uh, we had a bunch of primary elections around the country. And um, and we're in New Jersey, and we're going to talk about that in two seconds. But I just wanted to, I don't even know what it is. I have a little schadenfreude about, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That's one of those words you read more than yes. you say. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> right. um, I, I did have that feeling when I read that uh, Aaron Persky, who was the judge that gave Brock Turner only six months for raping the unconscious woman, um, he just got voted out of court. So he's out he's of a job. Out. He's out. He's that out. Is a good, yes, that is a good sign. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it did, take, it did take a couple of years, but uh, the activism in California, they, they just like, they just went out of their way to get everybody to get his to get this recall election on the ballot for this year and his ass is voted out and I cannot be any happier about it unless like they <laughs> yeah I mean that was a case where it was so I mean it, it, how, there's no way you could really not see what happened there you know and for that to be a six month thing for this, you know, a, a guy who just made a mistake, quote unquote, major air quotes, you know, <laughs> I think, um, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but you know, if we are recording, we're recording now. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. We are recording this. It's two days after the election. So that's why we're talking about this. So. <laughs> okay. Um, I think in case people wanted to know, cause sometimes I listen to old podcasts and I go, I wonder when this was, what are they talking about? So. <laughs> Um, okay, today is Thursday, June seventh, yep. twenty eighteen. Yes. <laughs> yeah that that was hap that happening in California was kind of cool. Also, people were very worried about California because of this goofy um, jungle law that they have now. I don't know why they call it that. I guess it's survival of the fittest. That uh, instead of having uh, somebody elected from each party they just take whoever in the primaries whoever gets the top two uh highest votes and oh that's interesting yeah oh yeah and that was the big problem was that the because of what's going on now with with the progressive people is that there's a, a lot of people have been volunteering to run for offices and there's been a whole lot of democrats and not so many Republicans. So the, the Democrats were afraid they were going to split their own votes all up and that the Republicans would end up riding to success, having the top two seats and the Democrats get locked out. But it turns out that uh, that did not happen. Okay. So, so California's in a good place. Well, in New Jersey, I pretty much looked at because I, I was voting Democrat so I was looking at the primary stuff um, sadly I, I get really tired of especially for the local government like you vote for three and there's only mm -hmm. three on the ballot so there's yeah, like running up what kind of a choice is that but I was I was basically looking for um, female names and voting for them 
just because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. When uh, you know, and that I do that too. I look for female names, but the thing too is that sometimes the, just because they're female doesn't mean they're going to vote the way you want them, them to vote. I know. It's just more of a more of a um, chance that they will. And your feeling about that, Wendy, is because you you feel like you just want to make progress for women above that sort of your your an issue that is above others. I was making a I guess I was making a statement with my vote on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, um, because it's the primary and there wasn't anything really contentious in there, and it was like the the main candidates won regardless. So. You know, I mean, I am, I'm nervous about Menendez. Uh, take, you know, oh. I would hate to lose yeah, we're in a Senate say, a Senate seat. Um, I'm worried about him, but uh, hopefully he can uh, maintain his lead over whoever the Republicans are going to throw um, throw up. I don't know. The, uh, <laughs> Literally, figuratively. I picked those words on purpose. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if he actually has a lead over uh, Hugan. I think the guy's name is Hugan, uh, who won. Okay. And he had already been putting out commercials all over the place about how bad Menendez was. And this is before he knew Menendez was going to win the primary. So, so um, talking about his, you know, saying that he did all these crimes when, of course, the, the, the trial that he it was like, I, f- I forget what the term of the trial. Anyway, it ended up that he was not, um, he was found innocent or he was not found guilty is what it was. So, so he was acquitted. Yeah. Yeah. He was okay. acquitted. That's the word I was trying to think of. I was having <laughs> in your mouth. Yeah. He was acquitted. But, and my own feeling about Menendez is that every time I write to him, he writes back to me. so i like him okay i have i I haven't had to bother any senators yet specifically i mean although when i before marriage equality was a thing i was calling lautenberg's office like every week so i got they were nice yeah (laughs) that's cool yeah i mean the people that you usually speak to they they're tallying up the, the the you know who's calling for what issue and everything and sometimes they're decent sometimes they're tired of hearing from people you know now i have an interesting situation in the second congressional congressional district in new jersey where um jeff andrew won and you know because well we had lobiondo who was the republican who's been our representative for a very long time he's retiring so there you know we have that chance of turning it blue so um and I made the more conservative choice than actually than you did. I voted for Andrew because I wanted to make sure we didn't wind up splitting the vote among other people. And that's a question that I, I, I feel sort of semi bad about it because there was another candidate, Tansy Youngblood from New Jersey Democrats for Change, who I actually I had more of a feeling toward her, you know, and not necessarily because she's female. I, I don't necessarily vote along those lines but i um obviously if there's a good candidate who is female i think that's great you know um and i liked her a lot and and i but i i had that feeling of our our um 
it's important that we don't mess this up is what I what I wound up feeling like yeah and so I really kind of voted straight ticket which is not my typical way of voting but this time it was I guess and I don't know um I feel ambivalent about it and it's like how do you I guess I'm curious about how you decide what is um the way to go do you vote to to make sure that the person who's likely to win will win or do you really vote your heart it depends um, does, does that change it does yeah. it changes vote my heart it changes it changes uh for i guess it depends on on the election uh, i am thankfully in a very solidly blue congressional district mm -hmm. and um so I, our neighbor, we have, you know, we're we're abutting a red district, and who knows if they're gonna if they're gonna do redistricting, things could change very dramatically because it's like right now, you can tell where the red, I think it's New Jersey 11 is is the is the red district near me, and it's basically all of the really rich neighborhoods. Mm. So mm -hmm. it, that's how they've gerrymandered the whole thing. So. Um, so you know a lot of the activism work in the in my local area is to flip um i think it's either the seventh or the eleventh and i don't know maybe i'm living in the eleventh and we want to flip the seventh or i'm living in the seventh and we want to flip the eleventh i got to go like look things up again um to know for sure but it's one of those and uh you know and that's so that's the activism work is is more you know going into other people's neighborhoods and and you know canvassing and getting people to vote and stuff like that um but yeah if it's if it's looking like a tight race i will i will back the party line because it's right now it's too scary to keep you know we we need to we need to flip congress and i really hope we can do it yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I, don't... I agree oh, go ahead Mary. Uh, uh, just thinking <laughs> I, in my district, I don't think I had the opportunity to vote for Van Drew, but I also, I, even though he's a Democrat, he might as well be a Republican as far as I'm concerned. Because mm -hmm. I mean, he was against uh, gay marriage and he was against gun control. He voted against these things, and I just thought he's he's just too conservative. You know. Yeah, which was my dilemma. You know, he was not. Uh, I'm not really a fan. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the answer is. But I think, I guess my choice right now is that we, yeah, let's give them the greatest chance of being able to combat some of, or what some of what Trump and company are doing that are that is damaging, you know. And and it's weird when you're thinking of that someone who has made votes like that will will do that. You know, um, I guess I guess I, I, I guess I think that it might be more likely or something, which is strange, because in my case, I mean, LaBionda was actually pretty good in a lot of ways. Like he was definitely against the, the health care bills that um, Trump was putting forth. And so he was reliably rational, you know, as a Republican uh, congressperson. So it was. It was interesting. So it's kind of a weird toss up where I am here, you know. So we'll see. And we'll, we'll see. We'll be back with more election results in November. Yes. <laughs>
we were um, talking last week about what is pride and is it um, more of a protest or is it celebration? And um, I really think I was reading a thing in Billboard by uh, Tuvalu or Tovlo, however you pronounce it. I think she's open to uh, interpretation. But she said, um, here's her quote. She said, there are many ways to fight. I love to do it via celebration. I've come across many prude ignorants who think pride is nothing but a big dance party filled with glitter, rainbows, and thongs in large caps. Like, there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) Then she says, they don't understand that it is the most brilliant and amazing way to make people feel included and accepted for who they are and want to be. I know I do. I can't wait for these people to realize. And when they do, they'll be welcomed with open arms. Because when it comes to love and acceptance, the LGBTQ community has got it down. And this was from uh, Tivalu's letter um, letter to the LGBT community in Billboard. So we've been thinking about um, the politics of staying in one's lane, and that is or not. Or not, and there's a lot. There's a lot to this, you know. There's there's the, the cultural aspect of um, when is something appropriation, um, when is it expression, when is it just blending of ideas, um, when is it somebody's thinking that somebody else is being uppity and they're getting all panties in a bunch. Right. Um, I I still don't understand quite what you mean by stay in your lane. You mean. Uh, an appropriation. You mean like when people appropriate uh, Native American costumes in their designs, or that's yeah, that's a big that's a big example of it, absolutely. But I think there's also another aspect of this conversation in terms of um, if you have a particular profession, are you are you not allowed to do other things or express other ideas that don't have to do with that specific? Thing, like you know. Cynthia Nixon running for governor. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> that's one. Um, but just for today, I want to think about sports because we in the Philadelphia area have the situation of the Super Bowl Eagles, Eagles being yes. invited from the White House, um, which to me is a badge of honor. Honestly, <laughs> wait, wait. Say that again, because some I didn't pick up all of that. It's invited or disinvited? disinvited. First they were invited, and then they were disinvited. Were disinvited, okay. Right. Uh, so just so you know, because I, I know you're a big football fan. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking that to? I didn't, we're, we're, Wendy? We're, okay, I mean, I just want to yeah. say to our, our listeners, we are, this is like the first time we've tried a new technology, and, and we're not actually in the same room today we're we're talking on skype so when she said you i you know because i i know what a football helmet looks like and i can name like the three local teams that people see well but other than that i know nothing about football i have to say that robin is from south jersey and i myself am from south jersey and i have a lot of family from South Jersey, so I'm getting a lot of stuff about the Eagles and this thing on on my Facebook feed, at least from my family members. So well, I I'm heard, here. I did see, I did see something about the Eagles and not going to the White House. So I will let yes. Robin Eagles, take this again. The, <laughs> okay. The Eagles won the, the Super Bowl. That was a big deal. And the tradition is that 
the what whoever wins the Super Bowl gets invited to the White House. So they were invited to the White House, but most of them didn't feel like going. And so they at the last minute they said, no, we don't think we're going to go. So then at the last last minute, the um, because it was just going to be a small crowd, uh, Trump decided to just disinvite them anyway because he was piqued. Yes. So, you know, in my opinion, I think that makes it even better because it's just kind of funny. <laughs> you oh, yeah. know? I mean, I'm sure there might have been a couple of them that are disappointed and are some fans that are disappointed. But for the most part, I think it's the absolutely appropriate um, thing to have happen because I, I wouldn't. I would love to win something amazing, but I wouldn't want to go celebrate it with Trump, <laughs> quite yeah. honestly, you know. Um, but but, it, but then Trump, Trump is trying to put this whole thing into uh, that they're, first of all, he and he said that he was disinviting them. This is the thing. He said he was disinviting them because they were taking a knee during the anthem. No eagle all season took a knee during the anthem. So... So that was right away another Trump lie. So, so that that's an important thing, though. When you, especially if we're talking about this, this staying in your lane, is they're trying to say, oh well, these guys they they were doing they were practicing politics instead of just football. But but they weren't. They they didn't practice politics. They just played football. Right. And well, I think that probably they're. Some of the the dissent or the disinterest in going to the White House was. Yeah, that yeah, that's a political expression, I think, you know. So um, I guess my question is, first of all, like, uh, uh, should there be any boundaries around what you can express politically as a sports figure? And how does that, how should that work in your feeling of that? Well, my feelings, I believe, about all of that stuff have changed over time. Um, I think when I was a lot younger, and it's probably because I, you know, it, it was, you know, when you're young, really especially, uh, it, it could, and I'm not gonna generalize about everybody who's my age, but when I was young, I could give a shit about any of this stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, I was like in my little cocoon, I, you know, my, my, the things that were important to me were not flunking out of college. <laughs> You know, and anything else beyond that was like, well, actually, that's not exactly true. I did, I did kind of give a shit about the horrible mayor in Philadelphia back then. Was Frank Rizzo? Who? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah you remember? Um, oh yeah. So, mm. uh, you know, so there was that going on, and I think the move stuff was happening too. And so it's, I, there was some peripheral stuff, but I was activism was not on my radar at that time because I was just trying to get through school because that was not easy for me. But, um, and then there was the whole, when people started using the Oscars, instead of like saying, thanks for voting for me. And, and I wanna thank like the director and all of these people who helped with this movie, they would start, they would go, they would take their speech and just do a political thing with it. And, and I think- Marlon Brando was the first one that did that. Yeah, well it was, and it was a, there was a lot of pushback and I kind of rolled my eyes and ignored it. Um, but now that I'm older and the country has gotten a lot more polarized and you know, some of it I think it's, it's not a bad thing because it's raised awareness of stuff 
that's been going on for forever that isn't right and needs to change. And now I have a lot more respect for people who, who do have a large platform and they use their megaphone to raise awareness on things that we really need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not unhappy when people bust out of their lane um, politically. And even if it's not necessarily their culture, if they're bringing awareness to a thing um, and they're doing it in a, in a way that respects the culture that they're not a part of, I, I don't see that there's a huge issue, although I kind of, I can understand why people who are not, who are at, who are in the culture and then there's somebody's talking about their issues that, you know, they may have this, like, who the hell are they thinking they can speak for us? You mm -hmm. know, there's some of that. And I, and I, I want to be sensitive to that too, but sometimes you have to, you know, if someone's not going to hear a message unless it's like, sometimes it needs to come from like a person that they, um, look like, or, or, uh, have an affinity for, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know? Mm. Yeah, so I'm actually happy to see um, people incorporating protest into their, as you said, Wendy, platform or the, you know, the space that you, they have. And it's not that they're not playing football, you know, or, or whatever sport, you know, there's a lot of uh, people who speak out on basketball teams as well, you know, and they're actually, I think, have more leeway in terms of how they express their political views um, with the NBA. But I... I'm just, no, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing, you know, um, ultimately. And the thing I was thinking about is what, what makes a sports hero and what is it that, um, people think are the qualities that you need to be, you know, a good sports person. And when I think about it, all the ones that I really resonate with and remember are the ones who did protest or made statements or did something other than just play their sport. So I find it kind of ironic that people are just saying, you know, just shut up and play football. And the people that I really think of as sports heroes to me, and true heroes are like Muhammad Ali and Billie Jean King, who was really my first love in a lot of ways, <laughs> you know, um, um, and, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick currently for sure, you know, so. And Muhammad Ali. I, I didn't, didn't I say him? Did you? I, okay, I didn't hear it. I, didn't hear, I really, you probably said that for, before Billie Jean King, right? Yes. Okay. Never mind. Jeez. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> but, yes. um, you know, so that's what's important to me. And so I think it's, it really is about perspective in, in this. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to see some people, um, you know, taking a stand. It'll be interesting to see what happens now that the NFL is sort of making it more stringent to, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, well, see. I just want to jump in, though, and, and kind of play devil's advocate a little bit and, or just try to understand that, that the people who are against this, uh, like what their argument is, I think that they may be saying, look, these people have celebrity and lots of money and, and it's, they have unfair advantage that they have access to, to the um, media that we don't have. 
uh, at least that's what it's been up to this point. But now, now that we have social media, um, it doesn't seem like that's that should be the argument. No, I think I think the argument is football is what I use to escape from reality, and you're shoving reality in my face when I want to be um, entertained. And well, I see, and I kind of I kind of think I don't they that's I don't agree with that, but you know. And the thing too is people people might be saying football players uh what do they know about current events you know what they may know a lot about current events and and they're human beings and just like actors you know when you're watching commercials and you see in the commercial it says uh these are real people not actors but, <laughs> but they are real people actors are real people and they have thoughts and uh feelings about issues that are bothering them. So mm -hmm. uh, I think they have pr any perfect right to use whatever they have available to them. Right. And I think that's what people, people use their money and influence all the time. It's just not, yeah. these are just people that are not like the people who don't want to hear their particular influence, you know, but so, you know, I think the, um, the counter argument that I hear, which is really infuriating to me is that well look at you you have all of this money and you're famous and everything you have everything that you could ever want so how dare you protest about anything you know you're you're a spoiled jerk you know oh. and and that's ridiculous because that's saying that some because someone has wealth they can't look at and see racism and call out racism and try to make that visible to other people and you, know? you don't know their entire lives too they they yeah. might weren't born wealthy right right but it doesn't it shouldn't even matter really yeah, you know i mean if, if you have a, a if you have a, a way to speak out and you have an ability to and care and try to make change just because you have material wealth or a job a good job then that means you should become blind to mm -hmm. all the ills of the world like it makes no sense i mean that's mm -hmm. i mean i understand why people may want to say that but i mean if you look historically i think most social i mean big social movements and revolutions start from like the middle class i mean i mean i think the, the maybe the french revolution may not have but the it's like people who have some money and even even some of the like the wealthier people they have they're the ones that have the freaking time yeah. to go do this because everybody else is busy trying to scramble to get what they need mm. to eat and you know and mm. have a roof over their head mm. um so it's it's the people who have extra who have the luxury of being able to be activists until until the movement gets so big that it kind of sweeps everybody along with it mm -hmm. yeah. so so people are in a double bind if sort of the uh overarching ideology is saying well you know you're you're poor you have the right to protest but you know but oh you have three jobs and you don't have time that's a shame oh wait you're rich you have no right to protest <laughs> you yeah know? well that so way it, it, catch 22. it'll yeah, no it's it's, it's know, not it's a catch 22 it's it's a reinforcement of the status quo which is yes. what the people who like the status quo want right right you yeah. know so yeah. they're gonna they're gonna amplify the you know the they're going to try to smack you down because you're trying to change things and they don't want things to change because it's because the way it is right now is working out real great for them 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I was reading an interesting thing in Huffington Post this morning about Colin Kaepernick and that that his lawyers are now considering to, to subpoena Trump um, because he's he's um, suing the NFL uh, owners, you know, and, I mean, Kaepernick is because of him not getting a job and not being hired by any of them, that it that it's become a collusion and that that he they feel that Trump Trump had personal one on one conversations with many of these um, NFL loaners uh, owners and that they want to ask him about what was the conversation because they think that Trump put undue pressure on these owners, which actually we kind of all know he did you know, in a way. So so I just think that that's really interesting that, wow, another lawsuit where subpoenas are going out to the president. Can they subpoena him? Can they not subpoena him? Um, can they get him to uh, be a witness? I, you know, It's just funny to me that these other things are popping up and they're all becoming part of this big hole you know the the lawsuit with um with the the porn star um what was stormy, stormy, daniels. Dan stormy daniels yeah that that we thought oh this is a little sideline but then look at all the information that came out that went oh my god so so now kaepernick is is doing that too i think that's interesting yeah it'll be interesting one to watch for sure yeah but uh, in the meantime, I do hope that people keep finding ways to speak out in, in the best way they know how and in the, in the venues that they have available. So go Eagles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, what are we watching now? Um, this is Wendy, and I have been over the moon that Babylon 5 has finally returned to, well, not even returned, has arrived onto streaming media. It's on Amazon Prime now, and I'm halfway through season two, and this is actually the second time I've watched the entire series this year. Um, and, I, and it's kind of a homework assignment because I will be attending the World Science Fiction Convention in San Jose, California in August and there's a rumor that there's going to be a Babylon 5 panel and that I've been invited to be on it so I want the series oh, fresh in my mind so I can talk about it. That's amazing. That's cool. That's cool. It'll be fun. Get together with all of my other geek and nerd friends and talk mm -hmm. about it. How did you, how did they sort of pick you or you've just been out in the community as a fan? I'm out in the community as a super fan, so that's, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but it's, and actually I, I do want to put a plug in for people who've never seen the series. Uh, really, you should watch it. Um, there's stuff online about if you don't want to watch every single episode. Um, some of them are less than great, I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and you really need to get at least all the way through season one and halfway through season two before you make a real judgment call about whether you like it or not. And I just want to say that there's a lot of parallels to our current political 
uh, environment that that it still makes it relevant even today. So even though the show is 25 years old, um, so that's one of the things I've been watching. Uh, just finished up um, Mozart in the Jungle, which uh. is which is a cute little um, series about being in an, being in the New York a New York orchestra. <laughs> Yeah, nice. yeah. I watched Mozart in the Jungle that twice. That was good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a new season. Okay. Mozart in the Jungle. I yeah. think of Einstein on the beach, but that's, that's <laughs> it's different. <laughs> yes. Which is yeah. a great but uh, they probably stole the name that way. <laughs> well, I think it was a book first, because uh, that's what they say at the end, uh, based on mm-hmm. Mozart in the Jungle, novel by so and so. No. So. Well, what I'm what I'm watching. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I am watching Babylon Five. Uh, I've spent the week on episode one. <laughs> it took you a whole week. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. I have to watch some, turn it off. Watch some, turn it off. Oh. But, um, <laughs> but you know that first guy, Sinclair. He's not good. Not good. But but they eventually get Bruce. Boxleiter, isn't yeah. that his name? Yeah. Boxleitner, yes, yes. Leitner, yeah. So, so I'm. Uh, I have to. I like you said. You have to get through the first season and a half before things get good. So. Well, that's. It's not exactly true, but by the halfway uh, uh, through the second season, you are definitely hooked. So. Okay. Well, I'm pushing through that. But uh, what else? The I, I guess too that the, my problem with. Uh, Babylon Five is. I was so immersed in uh, in Star Trek that I have to keep on telling myself, "This is not the same world. This is not the same world." <laughs> get, get that out of my mind, because I I was watching um, Deep Space Nine, which I actually, excuse me, I don't like too much, and I, I never watched it before. But I thought, oh, okay, let's watch. Um, let's That's see. actually my favorite Trek series. DS9. Of all, yeah. yeah, really, yeah. That's, that's interesting. We have such different tastes. Well, it's actually DS9 <laughs> came out on the heels it of is. Babylon Five. Yeah, I I do see the similarities there too. They're oh, and in season seven of season seven of DS9, and actually all through it, there's a lot of uh, actor exchange. I think they have the same casting people. Um, <laughs> Because after Babylon 5 ended, DS9 had one more season left to go. And it's like all of the actors from Babylon 5 got guest starring gigs on DS9 in their final season. Oh, it was pretty cool. funny. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I cool. think that I, I knew somebody who worked on both Babylon 5 and DS9. So I guess they did cross-pollinate. Yeah, and there was a lot of plot. While they were both being aired, we were kind of annoyed at DS9 because they, it felt like they were just stealing plot lines from Babylon 5 because six mm. months later, the same thing would happen. So, yeah. um, But watching DS9 after not watching it for a long time and being more aware of the issues that people of color have been dealing with which you know I was I was really blind to in my younger days. So watching it now with that in the back of my head, it gives DS9 a whole other and and at least um, 
uh, Avery Brooks's performance is a whole level of nuance that I was unaware of before. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's interesting mm-hmm. that you say that because I went to school with Avery Brooks, and so I was a, I was a big fan of his. I did plays with him and stuff. But and then I was watching DS9, and I was saying, you know, I used to like him better. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think hmm. maybe so science as an, fiction as an actor, is actor you, you you just as, as his act. performance okay yeah. yeah I don't know I thought he was great but you know um, he he's there's a, there's a bunch of actors who I would you know pay to listen to them read the phone book and he's on that list well, he's got a beautiful voice as a matter of fact I went to my grad school because he the I went to a performance there of him doing Othello and that, oh wow me you know and him doing Othello at, at Mason Gross so I said okay sign me up because I want to do work like that and then they promptly disbanded that troupe and never did Shakespeare again while I was there <laughs> but um what else am I watching uh I'm watching Madam Secretary which I never watched before I just started like and it, it's I, I thought I wasn't interested. I thought, oh my God, no, I have too much of politics going on in the real world. But it's something about that it's kind of sucking me into the, that it's a different um, political anxiety that <laughs> I don't really have to worry about because I know it's only a TV show. So, well, it's not The well, West Wing. I've been watching that since the beginning. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I've enjoyed I, it. I enjoy it. But it's definitely no West Wing. No, um, it's not West Wing. Definitely not. I can't watch the West Wing right now because it just makes me want to cry. Yeah, yeah, me too. Robin, what have you been watching? <laughs> that is always a funny question for me. I, I'm not much of a TV person. I'm, uh, I, I, I watch stupid videos that people send me on Facebook sometimes. <laughs> uh, but many of them involve squirrels. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I, I, I watch, I've been watching, um, weird old cartoons sometimes, and it's not like YouTube, whatever I find on YouTube, I think I tend to watch, um, not, not a lot of music, more spiritual videos sometimes, and sometimes some like weird porn, so, (laughs) so I'll put that all together. (laughs) Okay, what, what do you consider weird porn? Um, what do I consider weird? Well, first of all. Um, I'm not going to mention my favorite websites right now, (laughs) but you know, I tend to prefer things that are made by people who are not professionals because professional porn, I find mostly stupid and boring, uh, and just not my thing. So I'm interested in what people want to do and want to video for the world to see. And it is, it can be very interesting. So you mean so amateur? This is kind of like research. Yes. Amateur porn is, I don't know. I don't know that that's weird. Um, uh, they can get weird. I'm no, not, sure you know. it can get weird. <laughs> so, so I guess I look for where it gets weird sometimes. Okay. But um, but um, no, in terms of, uh, there are, uh, of, in terms of regular TV, <laughs> um, there are things that I feel like I want to watch that I, I, I haven't like, um, trouble, trouble, trouble spots, trouble. What is it called? I don't know. There are a few 
things that are tend to be a little more political um, that sound of interest to me that I would like to check out maybe, but I just kind of don't because I'm I'm like I don't know I'm always interested in doing something else. I'm trying to catch up on something I actually want to read or I'm outside trying to. Yeah, you're you having know. you're having a life and not worshiping the one-eyed god like, <laughs> like me. I don't um, know. I'm busy. I work. I work too much actually, so that's another thing. But yeah, you know. Well, but it's cool though. And I love to learn. I mean, I learn. I listen to what other people watch, and I know a lot about Breaking Bad and a lot of these different series that people were like really adamant about that I have no. I never watched it, but I kind of understand the story arc, and I'm interested in what people what moves people. Although I'm not usually interested in finding it and actually watching it myself so i don't know i'm i'm, I'm a mutant what can i say no <laughs> it's okay it's okay that you don't watch tv because you know there i i am actually jealous that you can pull away from that i i think i'm probably an addict of the television um because mm-hmm. i could well, spend yeah. hours and hours just sitting there watching well confess that I, I have to confess that I have spent the week not watching television but reading Anne of Green Gables wow that's a classic <laughs> yeah and it, it's, it was very calming because nothing actually happens in it <laughs> <laughs> I need to happen I need things to happen in books mm. I read mm. I read the entire expanse series you know, the second these guys finish anything, I, I get it and I read it. Um, that's also, that's like my current obsession um, is The Expanse, which is, uh, it's amazing. I love every second of watching that because it's just oh, really Oh, good. I thought you were saying it was a book. It is. So you, it's seven, so you read the, seven books. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've read them all. Mm. Uh, yeah, the show is only uh, kind of on book three sort of in book three kind of they're departing they're departing from the books a bit and and i understand why um but they got to they got from a to b they just took a different route in the in the show hi i'm robin renee and you can find me on the web at robinrenee.com on Facebook at Robin Renee Fan, on Twitter at Spirit Rock Sexy. My music is available at CD Baby, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and elsewhere online. And this is Mary McGinley, and I have a website for my uh, theater directing, and that's MaryMcGinley.com. Hi, this is Wendy Sheridan, and I have a meditative coloring book for grown-ups that you can buy from wendycards.com. I have an Etsy shop at wendyshandmade.etsy.com, and you can get my music from everywhere digital music is sold, and also from the musicforthegoddess.com website. Tune in for a new podcast every Wednesday.